All right, Greased Wheelers, here's your podcast. Coming out of my mouth and into a microphone at the Rock and Roll Garage, this is your Uncle Jimmy. I want to say thanks to everybody who listens. It's, 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 it leaves me speechless that you listen to this, honestly. And uh, speechless is not something I've ever been accused of. So let me just say kudos to you for listening and thanks for the input. Thanks for letting me come into your ear hole. I, uh, I can't thank you enough for keeping America and the rest of the world, free or not, moving and uh, moving forward and running and driving and getting in my fucking way on the way to work. <laughs> thank you very much. For all of that, no, seriously, uh, the world moves forward on the internal combustion engine, and if it wasn't for you, the world would probably come to a screeching fucking halt, so thank you for what you do. I recently uh, looked into uh, the definition of what we do. I looked into why some of us are called and or referred to as mechanics and why some of us are referred to and or called technicians, and I found some... I found some extraordinarily interesting shit when I when I researched this. I thought it was stupid. I, th- I think the whole uh, debate about whether you're a technician or a mechanic is really, honestly, truly stupid. It's 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 the difference between tomato and tomato. I mean, it's the same fucking thing for Christ's sakes. I'll I'll be honest with you, saying that uh, I or you are a technician sounds better than saying we are mechanics. And in fact, uh, saying that we're mechanics in certain groups uh, actually means different things. Uh, if you're if you're a mechanic and you're a mob guy, it means that you fix things by killing people. So maybe maybe some of you are actually mechanics because I've seen some mechanics actually fucking kill cars, and not good sometimes. <laughs> But as, uh, as, as this podcast refers to, uh, we are talking to technicians and mechanics. And I'll say that. You will hear me say that all the time because exactly the same thing. It's like when you call an actress an actor. Yes, she is an actor. That's true. But she's typically referred to as an actress. But both of those terms are interchangeable. Moving forward, I wanted to address this issue because... It's a non-issue, and I think it's, like I said, I think it's kind of stupid. But some of the stuff I found when I was, I actually did a little research, which is weird, uh, because I don't normally do that. I found some interesting things, and uh, one of the things, (laughs) I'm going to just read it for you, because this is so stupid. This is what Google had to say about the mechanic versus technician debate. And I'm going to read this. This is a quote from uh, difference between .net, okay, so .net, I'm not sure if that's a for profit kind of a thing it probably isn't but they're they're like we're, we're people who who dissect language and tell people what things mean and as far as mechanics go we don't give a fuck about that stuff so we'll say what we mean and if you don't understand it that's your fucking problem okay uh here's what it says quote some think these words are interchangeable uh, i being one of them but in fact the mechanic is different from a technician A big difference between mechanics and technicians is that mechanics use their hands to fix things, while technicians use computers to diagnose problems. Those of you who either read that or heard that or saw that or maybe even feel that way know that that is an extraordinarily large chunk of bullshit, especially in this day and age. Uh, You can certainly be a mechanic and you can refer to yourself as a mechanic and you can just do mechanical things if you want, okay? But if you do... 
just turn wrenches on nuts and bolts and maybe do oil changes and never get into anything that has anything to do with wiring or computers or anything electrical on a car, such as an alternator or even a battery. If you never touch that stuff and you're strictly a mechanic who just turns wrenches and get, and you know, a grease monkey, I want you to get ready to earn minimum wage your entire life. Okay. Now, if you are a mechanic who learns how computers run things and that there's wires running to inputs and outputs and that you need to have a certain amount of voltage and you've learned how airbag systems work and you have to learn constantly about the new fucking technologies that car companies keep coming out with so that they can be better than the other guy, which is quite frankly strangling my cerebellum. Some of the features uh, that we have, because I... Yeah, you know, many of you know that I work for a, a premium European brand. We have features that sometimes I don't even, I'm not even aware of. Uh, I just learned a couple of weeks ago that we have a facial recognition in some of the cars now. Uh, I wasn't allowed to go to the class where they were telling us that because my manager denied my access to that. So there's a, a fixed stop conspiracy there to, to try to make me into a mechanic instead of being a technician which is a, a fail. Also, too, that we have uh, audio controls that work with hand signals. Okay, who? I, I'm not sure who the fuck needs that. I mean, literally, if you want to turn your radio down, all you got to do is twist your finger around in a circle clockwise, or excuse me, counterclockwise, that turns it down. Clockwise turns it up. And, and you're doing all of this approximately six to eight inches away from the knob that does the same fucking thing. And if you have taken your hand off the steering wheel, which is something that uh, Germans don't recommend you do, but uh, if you have taken your hand off the steering wheel, you'll notice that there's a button on the fucking steering wheel that will also turn up and down the sound on your radio or whatever you're listening to. If, and maybe even this podcast for that matter. Look, there's the technology is, is so intertwined with the mechanics, uh, with the mechanical components of the car. I don't think it's fair to call anybody a mechanic at all, if in your mind the definition of a mechanic is just somebody who turns nuts and bolts and replaces parts and does oil services and installs exhaust systems and maybe replaces transmissions or engines. Uh, we have to do it all. We really do. We're going to have to do it all. And if you learn to do it all, you will be earning for doing it all. You should be at least. Uh, I was reading an article, and like I said, it was doing... I do some of this research and I, I try not to do too much research because some of the shit that I read on the internet is just excruciatingly stupid. People who don't understand even for a second what the fuck they're talking about, and that includes myself. Sometimes I talk about things I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. I usually get called out pretty good for that and it's fine. I don't mind being called out when I'm a blithering idiot or I'm talking out of my ass. Look, if you are working in a shop or a dealership anywhere where where work gets done on a car and you get paid to do it, you are a mechanic first. I say, yes, okay, I can change oil. I can put a water pump on. I can change a starter. I can put exhaust on, do brakes. Yeah, I can do all the mechanical stuff that needs to be done to a car. I think that that's pretty much a prerequisite. I mean, if you roll into a dealership and say, hi, I want to be a technician, and the fixed ops guy will be a service manager or a general manager just says, well, what skills do you have? Oh, I don't have any skills other than the, uh, picking my nose and finding a good parking spot in front of a Toys R Us, you know? I'm trying to illustrate what a moron sounds like. I think I probably did a pretty good job simply because I am part moron. 
yeah, you could get hired that way. Sure, if you're rolling and then they ask you, hey, have you ever changed oil in a car? Sure, I do it uh, all the time. So you're what they're looking for because they can offer to pay you. They could probably offer to pay you less than minimum wage. You'd be like, ah, okay. And then they will be like, hey, do you have your own tools? Well, I have a Crescent wrench. So yeah, I have my own tools. And uh, you would be basically a mechanic. You're, you're somebody who's going to turn nuts and bolts with that Crescent wrench and uh drain plugs and hopefully not over tighten them uh and if you do i'll beat your ass dead because i'm getting tired of that shit i have to fix a lot of drain plugs boys and girls they don't need to be that fucking tight 25 newton meters on a regular 12 by one and a half thread pitch goddamn drain plug is quite a fucking enough do not get on there with a fucking breaker bar or an impact gun please god damn it it makes it hard to take the fucking thing out and then it sucks when it takes the threads out with it and I can tell, you know, I, I can tell when I'm going to have trouble. Um, if you want to call yourself a mechanic, that's fine. If you're good at doing the, the simple stuff that requires the tools and gets you dirty, knock yourself out. Uh, I hope you get paid well. I'm pretty sure you're not. Because if you have limitations and your boss or the people who tried to hire you or did hire you realize that you have limitations, then that puts limitations on your pay. And that's why I... Uh, in the past, and I have done this several times, I have given the advice, I have suggested to you that you get smarter, as illustrated by the fact that the cars have fucking facial recognition. I need to get smarter. I realize this every day. And when I find, I find this shit out all the time. And I don't pretend to to already know. I Oh, I knew that. I don't do that shit. I'm, I mean, when my when my foreman said to me, oh, yeah, the, the this car has facial recognition. And I just went, shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? Why the fuck does a car have facial recognition? Oh, to see if you're paying attention when you're driving. I go, yeah, but then what does it do? I mean, does a, does a big hand come out of the dashboard and slap the shit out of you? Well, actually, that would be a really good idea, actually. I mean, or a, a voice, a booming voice comes out of the speaker. It's a, put the fucking phone down and drive the car. You're going to hit somebody or something, stupid. Uh, that would be a feature I could get behind. Um, facial recognition, I, I don't know. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, apparently it, it really does uh, kind of keep an eye on you to make sure you don't fall asleep, which is good. Uh, I've almost fallen asleep behind the wheel several times, and and I don't know if it if it can recognize if you're drunk. Maybe that's coming. Uh, I I think if that if somebody does finally come up with something like that that recognizes that you're impaired, I, I think that that's been a long time coming. And uh, I mean, if you get behind the wheel of your car and you've got an elevated blood alcohol count, and you definitely should not be driving. Your car should just go tilt. You're not going anywhere, asshole. Don't even put the keys in the ignition. Call an Uber, get a taxi, walk home, steal a bike and ride home, What? get a ride, I, I don't know, sh- sleep in the car, do something, but don't drive, okay? I could get behind an option like that. Facial recognition, uh, I'm thinking, you know, is it going to unlock your phone for you? I'm not for that. Uh, I think actually facial recognition should lock your phone if it sees vehicle speed. Uh, and that way you can, you just go, oh, I'm moving, so put the phone down and, you know, quit fucking around and drive the car. But that hasn't happened yet. And it's not likely to happen because, I mean, literally on my drive to work, I see every day people staring right at their fucking phone while they're moving down the road. Because they don't understand. 
and they're never going to understand because they think, oh, I can multitask. I'm a multitasker. Oh, sure, sure you are. Uh, really, there's no such thing. I think if you concentrate on one task over another one, the other task is just moving forward because the vehicle is moving forward. And, and in fact, if you jumped out of the car, it would continue to move forward without you if you had cruise control on, okay? Uh, you, you, it could happen. It, it, something that you could do, you could put a brick on the accelerator pedal if you don't have cruise control and put it in gear and then climb out and let the fucking thing go. And there's your multitasking right there. Your car is multitasking. It's driving forward without you. So uh, as far as features go on cars, uh, some some I'm, I'm good with, some eh, I could live without. Uh, as far as phones, I think that they need to be shut off and put away when you're driving. Uh, I know that they've, there's been hundreds of thousands of accidents and probably hundreds of thousands of deaths due to car accidents because some stupid fuck somewhere was looking at their phone for whatever reason. And it doesn't even matter. There's a million fucking things you can see on your phone now. But we started talking about the difference between mechanics and technicians. So let me tell you something right now that if you go into a, a dealership or a shop and you say, I want to be a mechanic, you have basically already said to that person, well, here's a guy who's not that sharp. And we can pay him close to or nothing and have him work on stuff for us. And if he's no good, we can fire him. We really haven't lost anything. But if you come highly recommended and you, in fact, do use computers to work on uh, uh, cars by pulling uh, diagnostic information out of a car and can affect the repair. Now, there's a difference, okay? Because I have seen the red-shirted asses at AutoZone stick a scan tool into an OBD2 connector and pull out the codes and then offer advice on how to fix the car, suggesting that either he or she, the employee of AutoZone, could fix your car for you if they were so inclined, or that you can do it yourself, which is great for business, okay? It's great for business, but it's not really feasible, is it or is it? I mean, if you get a fault, now let's just take our favorite fault here at uh, Crista Wheels. It's P0442, and, and it's our favorite fault for several reasons, which I won't go into right at the moment. But that's a fault for a loose gas cap. And so the first thing you need to check in a diagnostic trouble tree for code P0442, the first thing you need to check is, wait for it, ladies and gentlemen, the gas cap. Okay, so any idiot who sees P0442 and has seen it before knows either to tell you to check the gas cap or goes and checks it himself. And if, in fact, you find it loose or even not attached, which I've seen, which is, which always, <laughs> it always brings a smile to my face when I see it dangling by its tether with the gas door still open and the customer's going, yeah, my check engine light just came on and I was here three years ago for a check engine light, so it's a comeback. Well, no, 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 no. And one more time, no, okay? Dick, come here. I want to show you something. See this? <laughs> this is the gas cap, and it's not installed. <laughs> and guess what? This is causing your check engine light, you fuckwad. Okay? So I'm going to screw it in. I'm going to clear your fault. You're going to give me $155 for an hour of my time, and you're going to shut the fuck up about it. But you know what? There's a lot of other reasons why a P0442 fault can come on, and it isn't always the gas cap. And so... What you should do, if you're listening to this and you own an automobile and you get a fault and the AutoZone guy says it's P0442, go buy a gas cap. Just go buy a gas cap because the gas cap's maybe 20, 25 bucks, right? Take that fucking thing out to your car. 
take the old one, throw it in the back seat, put the new gas cap in, and drive off. You don't even need to have them clear the faults. And guess what? They won't clear the faults anymore anyway. Because you know what used to happen to them? If you're a technician, and even if you're a mechanic, you should know this, that if you clear the faults, you have all you have reset all of the monitors. And if that human being is going to take that car to a mechanic or a technician for a state vehicle inspection that does an emissions control check, it's not going to pass. It's not going to pass. You know why? Because your monitors aren't set. And you know what? That's the difference between a customer mechanic and a technician because there's a difference between all three of them. Okay. Now, a technician will fix his own car. A mechanic can fix his own car. And a customer, well, they think they can, but they can't fix their own car. But by putting a gas cap on your car when you have this one particular code, P0442, uh, and I say it like that on purpose, by the way, if they buy a gas cap and they put it on and the fault goes away in a couple of days, guess what? That's what it was. And you only paid $25 for that. You got the diagnosis for free. You got the repair for 25 bucks. And for a change, you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. I've seen people spend $150 an hour, $90 an hour, $125 an hour, even up to even up to $350 an hour at some places. No shit, seriously. Some places down in the New York City area, $350 an hour for labor. I don't know how the fuck they get away with that. I, I really don't. I would, if somebody told me it was $350 an hour for labor, even if I had no fucking arms, I'd fix that car with my fucking teeth. I would. I'd be like, fuck you. You know how long it takes me to make $350? I'm not going to give it to you so that you can put a gas cap on. Dick. Not going to happen. But seriously, if you have that fault and, and you get that code with your code scanner, your $105 Actron code scanner, and, and you're savvy enough to know that that means that the fuel tank is not sealed, go get a $25 gas cap. What are you out? Well, 25 bucks. And if it fixes it, you're way ahead of the game. And if it doesn't fix it, then you know you got a different problem. But you have removed that portion from your diagnostic trouble tree as the cause. You know, when the tree comes down and it says, is the gas cap defective or loose? And the arrows go off. One says yes and one says no. You can go down the route that says no. And if you go down the route that says yes, it says replace gas cap. <laughs> and you did that already. So you don't have to go down that fork in the road. You go down the other fucking fork. The other fork and fuck and you do what the diagnostics tell you there now a lot of times if you have a p0442 and a gas cap doesn't fix it and you you pretty much have to go in and put smoke in it and you know as a mechanic you might not be familiar with a smoke machine as a technician you would definitely be familiar with a smoke machine because uh crankcases on these vehicles have to be sealed they have to hold a vacuum the uh Intake charge demands it. The uh, emissions control demands it. However, your vehicle separates the vapors for the crankcase byproducts, demand that it be a vacuum. And if it's not, you get uh, mixture adaptions that are all out of whack. You get a check engine light uh, and usually comes on and says the O2 sensors are bad. And you'll sometimes get, if it's bad enough, you'll get a messy oil-soaked kind of a disaster area under your hood that'll make the Exxon Valdez accident look like a, a, a puddle. And that's one of the things that a technician will know. Now, 
Uh, I would like to say that I personally am a technician because I can look at, I can, I can pull codes with a computer. Okay. That makes me a technician. And I can look at those codes and go, Oh, okay, here's the problem. And I want to illustrate really what the difference should be. Instead of calling one group of people a mechanic and one group of people a technician, we should just have different levels of technicians. Really, we should have apprentice technicians and journeyman technicians and master technicians. And I think we should just do away completely with the mechanic end of it, okay? Because if you hire somebody and you give them the title of a mechanic, it just means you don't want to pay them, you know? And, and you, you, you dangle this whole technician title over their head like a carrot in front of a horse and go, well, someday we want you to be a technician. We want you to step up and learn things and earn us more money. But for right now, we're going to pay you jack diddly squat and you're going to do all the shit work and we're going to call you a mechanic. And that is kind of, that is kind of where the, the, the whole problem with the terminology of technician mechanic lies. There is a disparity, there is a, a wall, if you will, between the two that has to do with money. Uh, one of the things that I was uh, looking up was what other people thought of this. Because I like to collect opinions. I always ask you guys to hit me up on Facebook and let me know what you're thinking. Uh, maybe uh, future topics for podcast. Maybe comments. Uh, you know, how much does Uncle Jimmy suck? A lot or a little. I love him. I hate him. He's a dick. He is a dick, by the way. I, I've, I've known him for a long time. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I saw in there, which I thought was very telling, was they were talking to a fixed ops manager, which is a very, very uh, sophisticated way of saying he's some sort of fucking manager, okay? So they even have the same thing going on. I'm a fixed op. I'm in fixed ops. You're a fucking service manager, or you're a general manager, or you're a service advisor. I'm in fixed ops. It's like, look. Technician is the fixed ops of the shop, okay? We don't say, I'm a service manager, I'm a fixed ops manager. Well, I don't say mechanic, I say technician, okay? So if you're going to be, if you're going to give yourself some highfalutin title, then guess what? I'm going to be a technician, regardless of what my skills are, what I can do. And I want, I would like to see, I would like to see the the automotive world, the, the world of the automotive industry and service especially, stick to this particular formula. You have apprentice technicians, you have journeymen, and you have masters. And I think that that really, that really more accurately describes everyone who holds a wrench and everyone who can uh, scan a code and everyone who can take those codes and decipher what they mean and make a repair from there. Okay. Now, uh, one of the other things that goes on here is that uh, when you're an apprentice uh, technician, I almost did it myself, folks. Sorry. It just came out on it. With you're an apprentice technician, obviously there's shit you don't know. It's your job to learn it. Now you can learn it in several different ways. Okay, you can learn it from doing it. You can learn it from a, a master technician who is next to you. You can learn it by reading about it. Not a lot of you are going to do that, but you can. And some of you can go to classes. Usually they're sponsored by your shop or your dealership. Dealerships are better at sponsoring and sending uh, gentlemen to training because the manufacturer into which they represent insists on it. And here's why. See, when a vehicle manufacturer makes a car, they spend literally millions of dollars to design and engineer and manufacture that car. And along the way, they check 
and double check and triple check and quadruple check and ocho check everything that goes on with that car to make sure that the engineering is correct, to make sure the design looks good, to make sure that everything works. There's a lot, a lot of quality control there. Sometimes as a technician, it doesn't seem like it, but believe me, there is, okay? I have watched enough videos, because this is my thing. I'm a real mechanically minded person, and I like to watch videos of assembly lines, and of design, you know, some of these uh, videos, uh, some of the older ones are really cool uh, where they show these uh, white shirt with thin tie wearing uh, designers and draftsmen drawing out illustrations and designing late 60s, early 70s GM cars and then how they get from the drawing board to the clay to the uh, machining process where they make the dies to stamp the sheet metal and then to the uh, assembly in those videos, there's several of them out there. I love to watch them all. The BMW ones are especially uh, satisfying because there's absolutely no talking. You just get this low, dull, mechanical hum as you watch a robot put seam sealer on a car or uh, spot weld the sides of the car to the top of the car and the bottom of the car and then just basically take the pieces of sheet metal, sync them together, spot weld them, put seam sealer on them, do everything to them. They just, but it's condensed down into usually about a half hour, 45 minute video. And there's little or no talking. Sometimes they do show what the human beings are doing to the car, but for the most part, robots are doing a lot of the stuff. Anyway, to get to the point, these vehicle manufacturers take a lot, they spend a lot of time and energy and money to get these vehicles right. And there's quality control checks from the very beginning to the very end. There's, there's quality control checks all down the line. At every point, they will check and double check their work, just like you should, okay? The problem that they have, and this is a problem for every manufacturer out there. I don't care if it's Kia or Hyundai or if Smart Car or Mini or BMW or Chevrolet or Ford or Toyota or Honda. The problem that they have, every single one of them, the same problem. Once they build the car, and throw it out the door, the quality of that vehicle, the quality of the customer's experience with that vehicle is out of their hands and is in the hands of the dealers who sell those cars. And quite frankly, I'm here to tell you right now that the quality of everything that a dealer does is usually poor. It's usually not very good. And part of that is what you and I do. A big part of that is what you and I do. I mean, it starts right at the very beginning as soon as the vehicle is dropped off, okay? The quality of that vehicle requires certain things to happen. One of the things is that the car needs to be, well, it needs to have a pre-delivery inspection to make sure that everything was good. That's your first opportunity to put your hands on the vehicle and inspect the quality of the work building it. And I got to tell you, uh, I've done a lot of them in the last 18 months or so. Uh, for the brand that I work for, and their quality is top-notch. It is top-notch. I see the inspection marks on the nuts and the bolts. I see everything's bolted in properly. I put the lights, I put my my trouble light on all the components that I want to look at to make sure everything's where it's supposed to be, and they always, always are. Now, does this mean that every car that comes from this manufacturer is perfect? No, 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 no. Not by, uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. We have one right now where the instrument cluster was completely dead. 
dead. No matter what we did, we couldn't revive it, so we had to replace it. And this was a brand new car. I think it has probably less than 15 miles on it. It's new, new. And and just as a little side note, uh, and this is kind of funny if you ask me, it is uh, when it was delivered, it was the cheapest brand new car on our car lot. Okay, it was the least expensive car in our inventory. And as it's sitting in... Because this, I'm sorry, I, I chuckle because this is just so indicative of how salespeople work. And I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but I'm going to, uh, and I'll come right back, I promise. But it's the cheapest car on our lot right now. And it's in the shop with its guts torn out, changing the uh, instrument cluster. And, and salespeople keep bringing people back to look at the goddamn thing to try to sell it to them. And when they see that it's ripped to shreds, they they immediately go, oh, wow, oh. You know, I mean, I mean, what would you say? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, the cheapest car in the lot's in the shop. Let's go take a look. And it's all fucked. <laughs> People are like, well, I don't want to buy that one. Well, yeah, okay, I get it. It's all torn to shreds, but it's all torn to shreds. But, you know, the thing is, if you're a salesman and you want to show somebody a car and you want them to buy it, would you show it to them when it's disassembled and all shredded in the shop? I don't think so. It wouldn't be a good idea, you know? And I've heard <laughs> we had one customer came out and looked at this car. Apparently she wanted to buy a brand new BMW and she came out and she looked at it and she said, Oh my God, that's a little disconcerting. I go, no shit. Really? <laughs> and I, I, I can't believe I didn't laugh out loud. And I actually, I think what I did was I just walked away because I have trouble uh, I, you, you know, and there's a podcast coming about this, but you know, uh, I don't have a filter. The filter got clogged up a long time ago and I threw it away and I, uh, typically say what I'm thinking, which is not really a good thing. I wouldn't say that it's a good thing at all. The first amendment says I can, uh, there's no amendment that says I shouldn't. There should be an amendment that says uncle Jimmy should not say what he's thinking all the time. It would probably be a good fucking thing. So, uh, yeah, the quality of a vehicle gets handed off to the dealer and some dealers I know that we were having a problem uh, I'm not sure if they did something about it or something else happened but we were having a problem with cars sitting on the lot for too long and the batteries would go really really low because they weren't even starting them up or moving them or putting gas in them they were doing nothing and we had nobody whose job it was to maintain the batteries we're supposed to but we didn't and so we were getting cars in all the time that said replace battery. And you can't really sell a car to a customer. I, I just don't think it would be a good idea to sell a car to a customer. And when you get in it and start it up, it says replace battery in the cluster. I just, I just don't think that that's doable. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, if I was going to buy a new car and, and, and a warning came up said replace battery, I'd get, grab the salesman by the throat and say, what's this? So, and the only way to make it go off is to actually replace the battery. And the dealer chafes mightily at that because their batteries, of course, are not cheap. They're not cheap. Batteries aren't cheap because of the shit that's in them and, well, because the shit that's in them. Uh, there's other reasons why the batteries aren't cheap, but, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what they are. So... The quality is in your hands, but the problem is, okay, the manufacturers, quality to them is the number one job. Even Ford used to say it, quality is job one. It is the same with all vehicle manufacturers. They want to build a quality product that works exactly the way they want it to, exactly the way the customer wants it to. But as soon as they hand it off to the dealer, no longer is quality job one. In fact, quality falls down on the list behind uh, making money, being profitable, and uh, cutting corners and cutting costs. 
it falls way down the list behind that. Now, you're not going to find anybody who works at a dealership who says that they don't care about quality. But I can tell you right now, it's lip service, especially when you work at a dealer where they hire people who shouldn't be allowed to fix a fucking sandwich. And then this is one of the dealers I worked at was like this. They hired technicians who probably couldn't spell technician and they probably couldn't spell mechanic and they probably couldn't spell the word spell either. Okay. And they were going to turn these fucking retards loose on the cars. And they of course referred to themselves and everybody else referred to them as technicians. So, you know, maybe there should be a fourth genre of technicians, you know, instead of master a journeyman and apprentice there should be booger eating moron technicians or something along those lines idiot technician moron maybe maybe we should refer to the morons as mechanics i don't know i, I just don't feel like it's uh it, it, they're even worthy of that at times because there i've seen more people than i care to admit uh, that couldn't do the job and yet we're attempting to okay and uh in in the name of cost cutting or savings okay so when you talk about a technician or you talk about a mechanic, you're talking mainly about how they're perceived by their employers and how they're perceived by the customers. The customers, of course, would like to have a master technician work on their car because a master technician, at least in their minds and maybe even in the minds of a master technician, should know what he's doing. Uh, he should know what he's doing. He should know how to do something that you need to have done to your car. And quite frankly, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. If I, if somebody says to me, oh, I'm a master technician for uh, Airbus, I feel good about that guy working on the plane that I'm going to fly in. Uh, same with cars. If a guy says he's a master Chevrolet technician, uh, would he like for me to look at my Chevy? I'd say, knock yourself out. I'll have at it. I myself am a master technician as well. Uh, if you bring me one of the cars that I work on, I can tell you things about it that probably uh, half the other technicians in the shop wouldn't know. The other half do know because they're master technicians. Okay, There's a level of training and experience that goes along with being a master technician. And I think that you know, instead of quibbling over what the hell a mechanic or what's the difference between a mechanic and a technician is, you need to just say technician and then you need to qualify those technicians. And uh, I don't I don't really believe that, uh, and I certainly don't believe that a mechanic just fixes cars with tools and a technician fixes them with computers. Well, you know, like I said, the AutoZone guys have those computers. So what, what do you call them? Do you call them mechanics? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. They may be. Some of them may be moonlighting mechanics because, as we all know, mechanics and technicians, regardless of, you know, what they're called, a rose by any other name is still a rose. We're still underpaid and undervalued and treated like dog shit in, in a lot of places. It's just going to happen. That's that's what happens out there. It's and it's terrible. Uh, I think that there's a large majority of shops who would prefer to call their uh, technicians mechanics so that they can hold them down. And by holding them down, they're holding down costs. And uh, you know, it, I think it's wrong. I've, I've expressed that opinion a million times here. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're listening, all six of you, if you can do the job and if uh, using a scan tool and understanding the information that it gives you is something that you can do with ease and you are referred to as a mechanic by your owners and you're not paid well, certainly consider greasing the wheels. There is a shortage of technicians out there. Uh, I... I don't know how to qualify how dire it is. I think it's dire 
the evidence that I see, the empirical evidence that I see says that it is uh, the new guys are coming in and they're, uh, I think that someday they will be exactly like us. They will know exactly what to do. They will know exactly how to do it and they'll be underpaid to do it. To do it. I, I don't give a shit. Wage, our wages are never going to keep step. In, in the capitalist society that we have, uh, people are going to try to pay you as little as possible and still have you actually show up to work. And you're going to try to earn as much as possible. Uh, and if you don't earn as much as you will, or feel like you're worth, lube up the wheels on the toolbox, boys and girls. Get Grease those wheels. Get them ready. There's too much demand for technicians out there. And I'm just going to use the word technicians from now on. I am not going to say the word mechanics. If I say mechanics, I will follow it up with the words technician, okay? I'm going to make that pledge to you right now. We're technicians. Fuck this mechanic stuff, okay? I'm not a killer for the mob, so I'm not a mechanic. Although, you know what? If it paid well enough. Anyway, I don't want to go, <laughs> I don't want to go there. I do know some people I could kill, but I, nobody else wants them dead except me. So it's not a job that would pay. <laughs> Sounds just like a regular mechanics job, Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, it doesn't pay. Unless you're killing somebody big, and I digress entirely and completely and, and idiotically, I might add. I wanted to illustrate to you, because I, this happened this week, and it was kind of funny. I thought it was comical, because it, I think it completely and perfectly illustrates this point. I had a lady brought a car in, and she had multiple, multiple warnings on in her dash for a brake failure and you got to take these things seriously fuck i mean we talked about it a million times the brakes got to work or else you're driving into shit okay so the brakes got to work you got to be serious when it comes to brake work you can't be fucking around you can't be a, a, a fucking jackass and work on brakes at the same time don't do it uh she comes in and she's got the traction control warning is on the abs warning is on these are all separate warnings that light up in either red or yellow she's got the brake warning on she's got a check engine light as well and she's also got and this is, kills me this this absolutely kills me i got a chuckle out of this one on the driver's on the passenger seat excuse me there on the passenger seat there was a, a printout from AutoZone, and it listed all of the faults. Now, folks, there were 29 faults in my tester for this car, and there were two separate uh, concerns on the RO, and three of the faults were for the one concern, but the rest of them, 26 of them, were for this brake concern. Quite frankly, it, it looked ominous. It was really ominous. I mean, they had, and these, the faults are all for different things, but to a trained technician such as myself... I'm looking at all of these faults, all 26 of these faults, and I'm going, okay, this gets caused by this, this gets caused by this, this gets caused by this, this fault is that, this fault is because of that, this fault is because of that. All of the faults were because of really literally one fucking thing, 26 faults. And this is why people don't understand what a technician does. They're never going to understand until something like this happens. So I have 26 faults. And the funny part was is that the printout that they had gotten from AutoZone showed about 15 faults, of which out of that 15, 12 of them had absolutely no description whatsoever, nothing. You know, if they have a fault and they have a description in their database, it'll say, oh, you know, da, 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 this is what's going on. And it was gobbledygook. It was like, oh, you know, the, the vehicle can't... Uh, determine what the, what this is you know it was so you had basically 15 faults that told you nothing with a scan tool and i had a printout that basically said yeah we don't know what's wrong with your car and therefore we can't even recommend parts which is good in this particular case uh that they didn't recommend parts because if you tried to throw parts at the car 
to fix this with the parts cannon, you probably you could conceivably spend five thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, maybe maybe ten easily, because there there were several control modules that were faulted because of this particular concern. Many of them are extremely expensive, and would would require uh, installation and programming and diagnostic labor, and you could spend probably, I would say easily between five and 10 grand if you were to take the parts cannon and aim it at this car and just start fucking replacing stuff. But a trained uh, master technician such as myself goes in, sees all of these faults and goes, okay, this is all because of one thing. How do I know that? Well, it's experience. I just know that that particular fault, whatever is wrong with that car is causing all those faults. It all adds up. If you're listening to this and, and you've done any kind of electrical diagnosis, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, you're probably a mechanic, but uh, <laughs> you should stick to changing control arms and tie rod ends. Yeah, you can look at faults and go, okay, this is because of this. This is because of that too. This is because of that too. This is because of that too. You get down to the end of the list, you go, okay, I got one problem. I only have one problem. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. I popped the hood because I was doing an oil change as well. I knew exactly what the problem was as soon as I popped the hood because I saw mouse prints, the little footprints of a mouse in the dust on the engine cover. And I'm like, I got chewed wires somewhere. Okay, great. So I go and I change the, uh, I change the oil. And while I'm changing the oil, uh, one of the main faults I had was a wheel speed sensor. So I'm like, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. So I go in and I ohm out the wheel speed sensor circuit to the... Uh, what we call the DSC control module. You might call it an ABS control module. And I find that, guess what? No continuity. Okay, and this took me literally, uh, say, three minutes, maybe five. Let's say five. Okay, got my meter out, got the wires out, pulled the connectors apart. The tester gave me a schematic. I knew which pins to check. I checked them, no continuity. Wires are chewed through. I knew that they were chewed through. I had already known that as soon as I opened the hood, but I confirmed it. Okay, great. So I moved forward. I'm like, okay, it's this one specific wheel. I even checked it by checking statuses. All the wheels showed wheel speed except for this one wheel. So I knew where the problem was within a general vicinity. So I remove the wheel well, the plastic inner wheel well on that particular wheel. And uh, out comes uh, all kinds of shreds of plastic, about half a pound of dog food, which some mouse somewhere is going to be upset that I cleaned out of the car. And then I found six inches of wiring that was completely chewed up and gone. It was gone. It was there, but he had this mouse, uh, and and I would like to refer to him as Mighty Mouse because he chewed up a good six inches of uh, of wiring harness. I'm like, that's fucking kind of impressive. I mean, a little motherfucker went and it chewed up six inch six inches of wiring to a mouse would be like you and me eating a telephone pole. That's you know, I mean, to scale it down, okay, that's a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to eat a fucking telephone pole. Even if you grind it up and put a little bit in my food every day, I'm still not going to do it, okay? This guy went at it, man, He and he had dog food to eat, which says something about dog food, okay? There was dog food in there. He could have eaten that, but instead he ate the wiring, which boggles my mind to think about that, and I don't even want to go there. So what I do is, because this is how a master technician thinks, I don't want to have to take this wheel well apart again, I don't want to have to put it back together, throw it outside, wait for my advisor to sell it, which he's probably going to have an extraordinary amount of difficulty doing, and then bring it back in and take it all apart again because for some reason, the manufacturer I work for has decided that they need to use six different 
fucking screw types to hold this wheel well in. I'm not shooting you. There were push pins. There were Torx bits. There were tens. There were eights. Some were plastic. Some were steel. Ugh. I was I was ready to choke the shit out of some Hans and Franz motherfucker at the factory for coming up with this idea for putting a wheel a fucking wheel liner on with six different types of fasteners. Anyway, I digress, and I'm going to get back to the point here. I got in there, found this wiring harness was all chewed. I went to my toolbox. I had some extra wiring harness that matched pretty closely what they had. I got some some of the uh, very special butt splices that BMW has, which are beautiful. Got some, got some shrink tubing. Went in there, fixed it. Took me, mm, I'd say 10 minutes, okay? Put the wheel well back on cleared the faults, checked it, everything worked, Every, all the faults were gone, okay? So I really literally had invested 15 minutes. Now think about if a mechanic had gone at this. He would not have been able to recognize that all these faults were for one thing. He would have gone through the test plan for each and every fault, and and he probably would have said, oh, uh, it says to check the wiring to this, that, and the other thing. And the way test plans work, they're extraordinarily thorough, and they would have had him check wiring in the harness to every single sensor in the car that has anything to do with the brakes. You know, we're talking wheel speed sensors, lateral, lateral control sensors, uh, brake pad wear sensors. And so they would have spent a great deal of time inspecting all of these sensors and ohming out the wires. And then eventually they would have found that the wires to the wheel speed sensor were chewed up. And then they would have put it all back together again and waited for the advisor to sell it. I say within reason, it probably could have absorbed uh, an hour and a half to two hours of a technician's time if they weren't savvy enough. That's the word, savvy. If they weren't experienced enough to know that they they can narrow this down quickly by using a reasonable, because that's all I have, a reasonable amount of intelligence. That's all I have. I don't have a whole lot of intelligence. You should know that by now. What the fuck? You've been listening to this. Uh, So I fixed the car. I spent about 15 minutes. And all of these warnings went off. And this is the thing, okay? When you when you get a car like this, it's an opportunity. And and I'm not saying that you should rip customers off. I would never say that. As a matter of fact, I don't condone that at all. But if you've got something like this that looks to to a layperson like a seriously catastrophic concern, I mean, all of the warnings were on. I mean, it looked like Armageddon was here. So if you tell the customer that you need a couple of hours. You need an hour for Diag and two hours to repair it. And that's it. And you're going to need $15 worth of supplies, $15 worth of parts, which is nothing in in the BMW world. It's nothing. I mean, the washer solvent concentrate is probably $22. So $15 worth of parts to fix your problem, which is lit your dashboard up like a Christmas tree or like a Geiger counter in the New New Mexico desert at the Trinity site. Seriously, you would be happy. So here you are paying three hours of labor and you're paying $15 for the parts to fix it and boom, you're on the road again. No more warnings. Your brakes work correctly. Your car goes back to working exactly the way it's supposed to. And by the way, let me just say, you have the most professional style wiring repair possible because I fixed a gazillion fucking wires on cars and I ha- I have, I do it right. It's proper. The, the heat shrink is the, the outside type with the little sealer that comes out of it. It's been shrunk. The, the harness has been taped up. It has been taped up with the little plastic things that go in there that hold it in, in place. And it is not going to happen again unless, of course, this mouse gets really fucking hungry and decides he doesn't want to have dog food for the 10th time in a row. That's what you're, you get. 
Now, anybody else, a mechanic would have fired a parts cannon at it. It would have been there for weeks, and they would have found the wires broken and said, oh, yeah, I fixed it with the DSC control module, and they would have lied. And an apprentice technician might have gotten somebody to help them like me, and I could have steered them in the right direction and maybe even told them what was wrong. And a journeyman technician probably would have spent a little bit of time maybe looking at some of the fault codes and eventually come to the same conclusion I did, hopefully quicker than an apprentice. But then an experienced master like me just goes right to the fucking problem. I mean, it literally went right to the fucking problem. There was no trouble tree maze that I had to crawl through. There was no piece of cheese at the end. It just like, here's what's wrong. I fixed it. I put it outside. And then I waited for them to sell it. They did. And so I was good there. And even if they didn't sell it, I'm going to leave it fixed. You know, I'm just going to tell the shop, you know, say, say they go, oh, you know, I don't want it fixed. And they say, well, you know what? We fixed it anyway because we anticipated that you would actually want it fixed and you weren't a cheap bastard. And so I could get the shop to give me an hour, maybe an hour and a half, maybe even two hours of work time on their dime to make a customer happy, which they should be if the shop paid for the repair for their car. And all they're paying for really is they're not even paying for the repair. They're not even paying for the diagnostics. They're paying for the experience that I have in finding a problem. And I'm not trying to Folks, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. This was not that extraordinary, and it doesn't make me smarter than anybody in my shop. It doesn't make me smarter than you, for Christ's sakes. I'm just trying to illustrate a point. Uh, if it feels like I'm blowing my own horn, I apologize. I'm not an egomaniac like that. I just wanted to say that this is the difference between the technicians. This is the difference between the levels of technicians, and I think you should blow. You should just stop using the word mechanic. You can use it if you want. I mean, it's a, obviously it's America, and we have the First Amendment. You can say it if you want. Fine. Knock yourself out, okay? So in closing, what I would like to say is that spending any time worrying about whether you're a technician or mechanic is stupid. Calling people a technician or mechanic is just plain stupid. If you're working on cars and you have a DVOM, you have a scan tool, even if it's a cheapy little Actron scan tool, uh, you're a technician. Fuck that whole mechanic shit, okay? Don't let anybody pigeonhole you into being a mechanic and then paying you jack shit. If you work on cars and you're even remotely decent at it, you should make a decent wage. And it's up to you to decide what a decent wage is. It's up to you. It's not up to your boss. Okay, your boss is going to tell you what they want to pay you. But they're fucking hurting for help, boys and girls. They're hurting for help. Okay, maybe, maybe there's you know a lot of shops out there that have enough technicians. Okay, but if they were to suddenly get a spike in customers that wanted to bring their car there, would they still have enough technicians? Probably not. Okay, now I know that uh, some of you out there have uh, stacks and stacks and stacks of ROs that need to be looked at and aren't, and that's because nobody else works there, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We're gonna, we'll go into that for like the 20th time on future podcasts. But for right now, refer to yourselves as a technician. Hold your head up high. Fix the cars right. Do the best that you can. Learn about the new shit. That's good advice for you, Uncle Jimmy. I know, I know, I know. And uh, be good at what you do. And be good to each other because you're going to need their help, okay? And if management gives you a hard time and they don't want to pay you and you're doing the job and you're doing a good job, then by all means, look at the want ads. Figure out where else you could work, where they might treat you. Might. It's the big word in that sentence where they might treat you with respect and they might pay you more and they might actually help to get you trained and they might actually have other people that work there that are helpful and not angry and not stupid 
Okay? All right. Listen, uh, that's enough. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there for all of you technicians listening to Grease the Wheels. Okay? Be good at what you do, baby. All right? This is your Uncle Jimmy. I'm going to sign off, and when I do that, I usually go, see ya. Made you wait for it. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.